Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. My name is Chris Bowne. I'm the web editor at Hotel Analyst and joining me around the desk of insight for this week's discussion of three topics of note is Andrew Sangster, our editorial director, and Catherine Dogrell, who is our perspectives editor at Hotel Analyst. So the topic we're starting with this week is Marriott, uh, who have launched a credit card. This may not seem terribly exciting for those of you who have lots of them from airlines and so on, but for a hotel company, this is innovation, isn't it, Catherine? Well, not really, but <laughs> but it's uh, but it's another credit card nonetheless. What makes this um, a little bit more innovative is that um, well, like all, most of these credit cards are in the US, but there's no annual fee on this particular one, and you can earn all all sorts of uh, exciting Bonvoy points. This has been the Bonvoy Bold Credit Card. Um, so they've had cards that have been had fees and are aimed at a slightly higher end, but this is the one without fees. Um, you can still earn three times as many points um, on purchases at more their, at their at more than 7,000 properties which participate in their huge, huge, huge program um, and onwards and upwards. So at the um, security analyst meeting in March, there was much chat about how much money could be made from the co-branded credit card program, which currently at that point represented over 10% of total gross fees. Um, it is a huge thing, um, but even Marriott was willing to say that mm, it didn't work so well outside the US different economics and all the rest of it. But despite this, um, Accor, of course, used their um, four-year results to talk about how they were going to bolster their um, loyalty program with the intent of coming up with one of these exciting uh, credit card um, opportunities. They were quick to tell us that, in fact, they do have one in Indonesia, um, which is nice, but they're looking to create slightly more of that um, as they process towards their target of 100 million euro partnership revenue on a run rate basis starting in 2023. So, are they a real thing? Are they not a real thing? Or is fintech going to destroy everything because all of a sudden everyone realises they don't really like uh, paying fees for stuff when they could get it for free? And is the loyalty programme enough to lure everyone into that? I think it's worth re-emphasising the point about just how big the amount of cash um, the likes of Marriott and indeed Hilton and to an extent IHG um, and some of the other US um, based hotel companies are making out of these credit card deals. I mean, more than 10% of gross fee revenues is, is quite an incredible number. 450 million, something around that is the expectation this year at Marriott. There's a lot of cash. Um, what's not clear, that's what's coming in. Um, what's not clear is what's going out. What, what is it that Marriott's having to hand over to entice everybody into these credit cards? How much are they having to hand over in terms of free room nights, upgrades and so forth? Um, I think there's a need to be a little bit clearer, both for consumers, shareholders, but particularly for hotel owners. What's the cost at their end for all of this? Um, and moving on to talk about Catherine's point about fintech, um, I think it, this is a sector that's ripe for disruption. Um, it's it's right at the top of the tree um, as far as targeted sectors for investment. Um, so it's 170 billion globally has been raised for fintech companies since 2014, according to Fintech Global. Um, and the, this much of this cash is being invested in an industry which is making something like 100 trillion um that's that's what the payments industry is worth so i, I think we're going to see a lot of action here um it probably 
a lot of these things going to take quite a while before it has any real impact in cutting back so i suspect marriott and hilton um, will continue to make a lot of cash out of these credit cards for some time to come unfortunately for accor um, they are both late to the party and they are geographically handicapped as well by being based in europe so their sites are set on getting a 100 million euros worth of um, income from the credit cards and I think even that might be a struggle for them but we'll see um, and we'll see just the extent to which the uh, um, credit card companies are uh, hit by new fintech usurpers coming in and cutting cutting um, income um, but of course it's not all bad news because the other side of this coin is that credit um, hotel companies are paying credit card companies quite a large amount of money every time they're they're dealing with a transaction so even the big guys are handing over the best part of one percent on each uh, transaction to the credit card companies and if this model is significantly disrupted that money will come back into into consumers pockets enabling them to spend so that will help boost overall demand so there is an upside here if if indeed the this this fee income is uh, sort of eaten away by disruption oh well maybe they should make like facebook and invent their own currency <laughs> Right, and now we're going to move on to uh, the latest scuffle in the OTA uh, space. Uh, this time it looks like we've got a Danish hotel booking platform that uh, reckons it's being uh, subject to, or certainly some of its hotels that it lists are being subject to bully boy tactics from one or two other uh, larger OTAs um, over the fact that, uh, hey, they're not playing the game, they're uh, listing prices too cheap. Mm. I know, it's like retro complaint time fun here from the people at Newstay have been um, complaining <coughs> to the EU that uh, Expedia and Booking have been effectively forcing wide price parity. Now, we all thought price parity was a thing that we did in the 90s, but as we know, the 90s are back in a big way, and as is this complaint. Uh, eagle-eyed viewers will recognise uh, elements of this complaint from Scoosh back in the day, and indeed, we spoke to Dorian Harris, and he said, yes, it's, it's all very familiar indeed. Um, but just because it's familiar doesn't mean it's not going to go away, or whether there's a question to be answered. The um, Europeans are looking into it at the moment. Yeah, it was indeed back in the the middle two thousands that. Uh, oh, that's not quite the nineties then. Oh well. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we didn't really get the internet to the end of the nineties, so it'd be quite. <laughs> be done Everything, quite well with. Everything's about the nineties <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, the middle two thousands, it was. Um, I think IHG um, came up with a manifesto saying, "Look, you evil OTAs, um, you've got to stop undercutting us." and you need to promise us that you're going to match us on price when you list us. Um, now that, that got slightly lost in the mists of time over the years and now OTAs are blamed for imposing rate parity on everybody through their contracts. Um, but it actually was a hotelier invention. Um, and I think there's a warning here in terms of uh, what 
hoteliers sh should be wishing for and they, they they should be careful in terms of inviting the regulators in because one thing regulators really hate is vertical integration they really hate suppliers being able to set their own prices they like to see nice competitive horizontal markets and they're likely to take a far dimmer view on the hotel companies than they are the OTAs who after all are nothing but retailers um, they, they don't have they don't own any rooms they don't control any rooms brand any rooms they're just selling the rooms and the, from a regulator perspective from a competition markets authority perspective um, they are seen as uh, more preferable to a hotel company which is owning the room um, selling the room um, that's not seen as being particularly nice so I, I, I think this again yet again is um, hoteliers um, chasing something which is going to come back and bite them on the tail ouch okay and now we're going to talk uh, finally about uh, the wacky world of ground rents uh, seemingly a magical way for uh, property owners to extract more money from uh, the property that magically they still end up owning Catherine, what's been going on most It's recently? amazing, yes, the good people at Alpha Real Capital who love a hotel ground rent deal have done another one um, with Starwood Capital on the Devere Beaumont Hotel in Windsor. Um, they can't get enough, it seems. They've been funding over a billion pounds worth of hotels of ground rent, they've been saying. Um, they've got around 400 million of hotel ground rent assets under management. What is not to enjoy, my goodness me, it's exciting, different way of funding stuff. I can't see how it could possibly go wrong. Um, some people, of course, think that it could possibly go wrong. And um, this is because uh, some deals, not this one particularly, have been getting uh, shorter and shorter and shorter. We've heard of deals that are as low as 20 years, um, which doesn't really mean long-term financing that you can shove in the drawer and think about it later. It means something you might have to think about quite soon and maybe that landlord might like a bit more rent as things go forward. Mm, good thing, bad thing when yet to be convinced but it's certainly becoming more and more popular mm, I mean just to go uh, re-emphasise again Catherine's point what we've got here is a invoke debt instrument um, which is helping to lift asset prices at the point of turn in the business cycle um, there's a horrible flashback to 2007 um, with the CDOs, CLOs etc which brought down the financial system um, I don't think ground rents are anywhere near of the scale to, to cause that sort of chaos, but they could cause serious disruption and they could cause serious disruption to our industry. Um, having the hotel sector um, through this cycle uh, has been seen as a very stable option um, and, and has not gone through the horrible cyclical swings which it has done in the past um, it would be a shame to see something like this come in and tarnish the hospitality brand reputation with investors um, I think the onus on making sure this doesn't happen has to lie with the CDA debt providers um, and they I mean, it's impossible uh, to actually look at any of these ground rent deals unless you know absolutely all the detail um, to be clear on whether they're a good thing or a bad thing. The senior debt providers do get to see that detail and they need to make sure um, that everything stacks up. Now I've spoken to a number of different um, 
bankers about this and uh, interestingly certainly one of them talked to me and said look as far as uh, he was concerned um, if somebody's coming in with a ground rent deal that just goes into the overall stack in terms of how much senior debt is available to be put out there and the more they take out through the ground rent deal the less senior debt's going to be available um, and I think that's a very sensible thing and obviously if you're a senior debt provider you're behind the the ground rent uh, people in terms of getting paid out so I think it's quite crucial that the senior debt people make sure um, that, that there is enough room for them to get their cash back and this should help contain the exuberance um, which is out there however as we know as things get tight we tend to see a lot of these um, uh, parameters being pushed and that that's really where where I have a, a fear um, I think the good thing is this has come very very late into the cycle so how much of this sort of stuff can actually get out the door before I mean we're already seeing um, stress out there in hotel performances so I think that's going to moderate um, the worst of these excesses but it certainly you know from a senior debt provider they really need to be vigilant about this uh, and, and, and make sure that um, they keep on top of it and make sure they don't take us into a kind of uh, 2008 meltdown. And I'll just finish up with a quote from uh, someone who was on stage at a hotel conference I went to in last November. He was talking about ground rents and the latest uh, goings on. He said, some of the structures you've seen put in place will unravel in the next two or three years. So uh, just make sure you're not part of one of the ones that does. Um, and on that happy note, thank you for listening. Uh, goodbye for now and we'll see you next week. Bye.